Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we're the Classic Gaming Brothers. Yeah. What we the are. hell is that? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Should I say heck? I don't know. Well, I think hell's kind I of think we're allowed a, I think we're allowed a couple of hells before it becomes like PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're definitely a G-rated podcast. We're like a PG-rated podcast. That's true. That's true. I would say definitely a PG-rated podcast. So, welcome to our 23rd episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. 23. That's, that's very exciting. We're almost to the renting of a car age. We are. We are. Um, we're in soon, that weird middle ground where nothing yeah, happens. Nothing happens. And that's pretty much it. So, uh, this episode happens, though. Yeah, exactly. 23 episodes. Wow. We've, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. But that's it. All right, so, uh, what have have you been uh, recently been playing, Zach? I've been recently playing 8-Bit Hordes, um, which came out in 2016. So, 8-Bit Hordes. Hordes. Yes, Hordes. Hordes. Like I said, we're a (laughs) PG-rated podcast. (laughs) Not 8-Bit Hordes. Right, 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 right. So, 8-Bit Horde. Like like a lot of people, like a horde yes. of people, is a follow up to a game I never played, which was called Eight Bit Armies, which was created by um, Petroglyph Games. Eight Bit Hordes is a uh, real time strategy game that is has gameplay similar to both Command and Conquer and Warcraft. It is set in a fantasy realm similar to Warcraft, where you're playing as either an orc race or a human race and you have to fight each other the gameplay has a lot of mechanics that they've taken from westwood studio games in terms of how buildings are managed how your units are crafted and how to manage your resource gathering uh units so like a lot of westwood games at least the ones i've played like dune 2 and uh, some of the command and conquer games all of your uh, resource collecting guys do their job automatically and there's kind of one main menu in order to build buildings and uh units that so you don't have to worry about clicking on each individual building and building units and stuff like that so it has some nice quality of life features so far i've been really enjoying it um it has kind of a minecrafty a blocky 3d aesthetic which i think uh kind of uh works well with the the style of game and it's it's nice to play a real-time strategy like a proper real-time strategy game that isn't like a million years old um so it's nice to play something that's on kind of a modern engine that runs at modern speeds and that runs well on modern computers is it uh is it fast paced it is fairly fast paced yeah um you know once you get into combat you're kind of like blowing through enemies and enemies will kind of swarm at you um so it has some fast paced elements i've been mostly going through the the campaign which the first kind of grouping levels are just tutorial stuff but um, I've kind of passed the tutorial I'm entering into the main kind of chunk. Um, and it, the campaign storyline isn't really there, but it has a lot of campaign elements similar to to Warcraft. You know, you're building up your, your base and then you're attacking an enemy base or you're trying to get from point A to point B um, like with like an escort or something like that. So so for me, I, I guess a lot of those RTS games have some like iconic high tier uh, units. You know, you have like your battle cruisers with Starcraft. You have your yeah. dragons in Warcraft too. 
in your oh the Griffin Rider in Warcraft two does yeah. it does it have any like high end tier like the high tech tree type units yeah there there is a tech tree so you can you can build dragons you can build um like zeppelins i think oh that's cool something that you can build um uh there are catapults different like siege units did they the catapults move without anybody right yeah (laughs) the the sentient catapults the sentient catapults so it it does it, it has a lot of those type of um i think you can like build like ogres like they're like big green trolls that have clubs um, oh, that's cool. kind of like kind of like in warcraft 2 you have the ogres um the two-headed ones um so it has a couple of uh similar elements like that uh so that you know that's nice cool yeah that sounds fun yeah it's a good time i'll probably play uh, be playing more of it either later today or <laughs> maybe maybe one of my streams I'll, I'll play a little bit of it yeah that'd be cool to check out uh what about you seth what have you been recently playing uh, so recently i've been playing a game called broforce we actually mentioned this a long time ago yeah. um, in a podcast. In one of our earlier episodes where we talked about shopping and looking for like um, kind of like a, a lower, a, a game that could be played on like a lower system. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, may, may, that may not have a lot of uh, graphical computing power. So the, the Broforce is a game where you, it's, it's uh, done by, it's published by Devolver Digital. It's a game where you control these, they're called like bros, and they're different style of like, uh, think of like like Steven Seagal, Terminator type people, and each one has their own little gimmick power, and but can only get hit once, and then they're dead. And there are some maps where you have to not be, you can't die once, and you only have one bro. And then there's other maps where you can rescue other bros. And so when you rescue another bro, you gain an additional life, but you switch over to a random bro. So you may be playing as like a, a maybe a bro that's got like a, the men in black bro who's got like the little cricket and which can like shoot really far and have like a big explosion but throws you back but then you may rescue somebody and then you may get the indiana jones bro where you now have a whip and a pistol it's a different game style for every bro and how you play through the game uh the game's kind of like uh, it's 2d platformer uh 2d well it's like a side scroller 2d side scroller where it's got a very destructible environment similar to like terraria mm-hmm. i would feel i feel like it's almost like terraria with explosions there's like enemy bases and you have to go through the enemy base and either sneak up on them because you can't you can only get hit once so then you have to sneak up on them or you just go and blowing up everything mm, and right. it's cool kind of figuring out the levels it's pretty it's very easy to die and lose but it's very like it doesn't it knows that you you're going to die and lose so like it you can restart pretty quick and you could play like you could play one level like 30 times and you'd be having fun and it you wouldn't feel like you've wasted your time or anything right it is also um multiplayer you can get up to four bros at once and you can also do uh, remote play with it so you can invite people who don't own the game to play the game with you and you can stream over it so it's uh, the couch play that steam has you can also just connect to somebody else's game it's also got a drop in drop out functionality so if you see one of your friends playing broforce you can just join their game play around for a little bit and then just leave 
it's not like anything's it's not you can you can join an in progress game it doesn't matter it's pretty cool i enjoy it it's been a lot of fun and it's been kind of a good kind of a so after beating like my friend is Pedro, I, I felt like I needed another Devolver digital game. I don't <laughs> and blame you. So now I just have Pro Force. Devolver digital games are really good for like uh, just sitting back with like a controller and just like having a good time and not really thinking about like the story or plot. It's there's no real. I, it's Pro Force. There's no real story or plot in Pro Force. I I, I do like that um, in Pro Force. One of the countries in the um and like the world map is um Arstrotska, which is the country from Papers Please, yeah. <laughs> which is a yes. very different game than Bros Force. <laughs> which is it also produced by published by Devolver Digital? No, Papers Please was uh, developed by uh, Lucas Pope. Um, and it was also, I think, published by Lucas Pope. Oh. Oh, it was published by 3909 LLC, which is Lucas Pope. Okay. <laughs> that's his company. <laughs> so Perfect. Uh, so that's awesome. I love Broforce. It's one of my favorite. I, I streamed a bunch of it during uh, Extra Life a few years back. It's oh, yeah, we games. can play that. Yeah, uh, we definitely so should. That's actually, we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's not for a while. So this yeah, podcast yeah. will be coming out the second sunday in may mm-hmm. so in november uh zach and i will be doing a 24-hour live stream uh in support of extra life which is yep. a charity organization that gives money to good things yeah and uh involves in order to raise that money to playing uh video games for 24 hours and have donations so yep. we will have more information about our extra life charity stream down the pipe, closer to November, since it's May. Yeah. Um, so, but if you're listening to this podcast and it is closer to November of 2020, then be pre- get ready to watch our stream. It'll yeah. be fun. And have your wallets uh, ready to donate to a good charity. So, yeah, exactly. So, we'll we'll be uh, that more than that as the weeks go on. But, yeah, feel, we'll, we'll definitely probably play some Broforce doing that because we'll have 24 hours to play some video games. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll um, probably put together a whole um itinerary and, oh a uh, deck yeah 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 and um we'll probably share it to get some you know so or, you can or, tune in on when we when we're playing the games that you ex- want to be playing exactly and also so, to get some input we'll probably share it early to get yeah. you know any suggestions that people have if we want to fill up some time all the really good games three in the morning oh Just yeah, FYI. yeah 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 oh. I'll probably do a full Sonic run. I did that one of the last years. Yep. Um, I did the, that at like four in the morning. <laughs> the, the really bad games in the middle oh, of the yeah. afternoon. Oh, <laughs> the <laughs> really bad games are going to be when we're like pumped up on coffee. <laughs> yeah. So when you're ready to watch, we're going to play some really bad games. When you're ready to uh, go to sleep, we'll be playing the good games. Oh, yeah. We're going to play. We're going to be playing games that you never even heard of. That's how good they are. <laughs> So speaking of a really good game, let's uh, segue into the topic of the uh, of the the week here. Uh, yeah. We're gonna go. We'll go back and do our uh, our one game format here for this episode, and we're gonna talk about uh, a game that was Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Yeah, yeah, the third game in the Elder Scrolls franchise. It's, we have not it's... talked about any of the other ones. We probably will, but we haven't. <laughs> no. Why the third one? Because why not? Yeah, we, we we I think I think you've come to realize that we we choose games at random. <laughs> yeah, we also have a tendency to to talk more about 
sequels like Sonic 2 then we talk about the, I think we Sonic talked more 2, about yeah. Sonic 2 in mm. our Sonic podcast than we did Sonic, Sonic so. 2 is good though um, but yeah The Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind which was a uh, game created by Bethesda um, it's a role playing game and it's pretty darn good yeah it's also very large and long yes and uh, came out in 2002 and Zach what are your um, uh, memories of uh, Morrowind my memories of Morrowind were later than 2002 um, when Skyrim came came out uh which i i think was 2010 or 2011 i might be wrong but when skyrim came out i finished that and then i decided i was going to get uh into more uh elder scrolls games because i knew there was more out there um and i ended up picking up a copy of oblivion and i ended up picking up a copy of morrowind around the same time i got the game of the year editions for both and then i played a little bit of morrowind i did not end up finishing it um i think at the time this was back when i was still in high school and while i thought it was visually impressive for what it was capable of at the time i think going from skyrim to morrowind was a bit of a jarring thing for me so i kind of fell off of it i didn't really get too too far in the in the game um but i am planning to revisit it um within the near future but my memories of it are like i think the coolest thing for me was despite the graphical limitations is seeing the like towering figures of some of the like creatures like there are these bug creatures that you can ride oh this the silt striders yeah they essentially act as fast travel so you don't actually mm-hmm. see your character like riding them but you know you get you you climb up to one and stuff but you can see them from a distance and in the kind of the in the uh, the fog of the game you know that uh that render fog they they look pretty almost lovecraftian in the distance of these like towering monsters yes um, so that was something i thought was cool that so it was 2011 that skyrim did come out oh okay and so fun fact so you were playing skyrim when you were in high school i was playing morrowind when i was in <laughs> high school there's that age difference and we had oblivion in between i played oblivion when i was in college oh, okay. uh, oblivion was one of the first few few games that i actually played uh in my dorm when i moved into college oh. uh, morrowind i played in mid-high school the first time we were I, at least, I don't know if you were there, but I was over uh, a friend's of the family and, or at least my mother's friends and her, her daughter had Morrowind and showed me Morrowind. And it was oh, cool. okay. Yep, yep, like, yep, it was yep. a really cool game. I yeah. think my favorite part about Morrowind was that you could take everything. There's... <laughs> there's no other game that I played because I didn't play Arena or Daggerfall. Yeah. And... Uh, so Morrowind was my first interaction with uh, a a first person RPG. So I'd played CRPGs. I you know I played in middle school uh, the Baldur's Gate series and a lot, a lot of classic role playing isometric games where you go into yeah. these drawn back essentially these drawn areas and you can interact with what the game designers want you to interact with. Yeah, Morrowind is all three D rendered and it's first person. And you can interact with pretty much everything. So if you want to take the pans and the pillow from the person's bed, you can. And I played, my first character was a Khajiit thief, and I stole everything. And I would enter through people's, like, I would be like a cat burglar, because Khajiits are cats. And I would climb in through the second story, and I'd go in, and I'd steal stuff. I didn't know what the plot was. I didn't know what the story was. I didn't know anything about the game, apart that I could go into everybody's house and just rob them blind. And I thought it was, that was enough for me. Um, So, another part of the, one of my other memories of Morrowind is, uh, 
so I have two distinct memories. One was when you leave the first town, as you walk on a path, a man comes falling and crashes to the earth. Oh, yeah. And he does so because he has these boots of, of what are supposed to be like slow fall like they're jumping right boots yeah that he wanted to make into flying boots and he wanted to revolutionize the fast travel of the world by making these jumping boots you can loot his body and he has a message that talks about his boots that are jumping and then you could you can wear his boots and you can jump and you will immediately die yeah and and, and a game like that that doesn't give you any explanation and to be honest they didn't really have really good save systems back then. Um, so if you didn't, if you, you could in, entirely possible to build a character, leave the first town, interact with this guy, take his boots, put them on and jump and die without ever saving. Right. And be pretty much, you'd pretty much have to restart the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that was okay. Like back then, uh, another, um, cool fun item that i thought was cool was there was uh boots that you can find that were blinding and haste so they were blinding speed boots so i played this auric who was uh, like a fighter character mm-hmm. and i wielded two axes which was a cool feature in its own right being able to dual wield so i'm um, this dual wielding orc with two axes and i got these boots of blinding speed and the game, so they're called Boots of Blinding Speed. They get increased your speed by like 100 or 200%. And they also increased your vision by, decreased your vision by 100%. Good. And the game, because it was a first person game, actually made your screen darker Good. so that you couldn't see. Good. So I would just put these boots on and I could run so fast that I could actually move around the very large continent that is Morrowind. I could run around it and like get be like faster than fast travel. It can get around the map. And so, what so I would perfect. do is I would put the boots of speeds on and then I would just run into people smashing my left and right mouse button to use my axe hands and just, just kill them that way. And it was an effective strategy. Uh, it was it 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 worked uh I was, it was a brutal method though that character yeah. was more of a sledgehammer than uh a chisel as it were so those are my uh my memories of uh good old morrowind and uh, i th- i think what's cool about the elder scroll games as a whole as you know morrowind especially is that in my opinion they're the closest you get in a in an rpg game to feeling like some of the nuance and the the openness of tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, yeah, the, the whole idea like Seth described of sneaking into someone's house and stealing a pillow. Like if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and you're like, I steal the guy's pillow, your dungeon master will usually try to work with that somehow, you know, right? <laughs> like, um, so it, it's that kind of game, you know, it, it will, it allows you to really be as open and free as you want. Um, right. y- you can effectively do whatever you want and, barely play the the main storyline if if you really don't choose to um you know the main storyline will progress your character but you can spend a good chunk of the time just doing side quests yeah bethesda is actually really well known for having more side quest content than main quest content and being able to be easily distracted by side quest for thousands of hours uh the ultima series was uh, a pretty good 
it was an inspiration to the Bethesda series or mm-hmm. the Elder Scrolls series, as the Ultima series was also quite open in the ability to do stuff, especially like Ultima, like the online version and also the offline version. Yeah, uh, they had some free reign in there. Uh, definitely not, uh, but the Ultima series was also uh, not. It was a a different style of graphics. It wasn't right, right, right. First person, three D rendered. There were two other Elder Scrolls games that came before. Well, there were two main Elder Scrolls games that came before Morrowind. Uh, the games of Arena and Daggerfall. And I we won't talk too much about them. I feel like Arena and Daggerfall together can probably be their own thing. Yeah. Um, so Arena and Daggerfall are very cool for the, the time that they came out, which was 1994 for Arena and 1996 for Daggerfall. Uh, for just a brief, brief, and we can we can elaborate on these in a later episode, but just a brief on, on Arena and Daggerfall. They are both um, massively open world games. Arena, I think, is the entirety of the country of Tamriel, and, uh, or maybe it's Daggerfall. I know one of them is the entirety of Tamriel, which is the country that you're, or the continent that your character is on. Um, and you can also... I think I think one of the maps up until like recently with the release of No Man's Sky, one of the maps was the largest video game map ever, like larger than Grand Theft Auto Five, larger than Just Cause. It was massive. And this was back in the 90s. Um, and th- they have that open world sense that uh, the Elder Scrolls games are kind of best known for. They did have some weird gameplay quirks, though, um, that they took out of Morrowind. In in both Arena and Daggerfall, the way you swung a sword, for example, is you actually shook your mouse on screen. Um, so, like, you held onto your mouse and you just kind of moved it back and forth, back and forth, and your character would swing in movement with your mouse, which was cool, but apparently very obnoxious in heated parts of the gameplay. So in Morrowind, they took that out. They changed it to just clicking. So when you click, your new character swings, which I think is personally i think is a much more effective way of combat as opposed to shaking your mouse up and down to get the sword to swing but they're they're uh, they're both very very um very very large open world games arena is kind of cool in the sense that uh it was originally designed to be an arena game in the sense it was supposed to be a fighting game and like you know you would go toe-to-toe with different champions um and then the team realized they were having more fun creating side quests and they scrapped that entire thing, but they had already got the artwork designed, so they kept the name Arena, and that stuck. Um, but yeah, those were the two mainstream Elder Scrolls games that came right. out before Morrowind. But there's two other games, Seth. There, there were two other uh, the other games. Uh, so though, just to go back to what you were saying uh, with Daggerfall, real quickly, uh, Daggerfall was the size of Great Britain. Right. Okay. Uh, it had f- uh, fifteen thousand towns and a population of seven hundred fifty thousand NPCs. <laughs> um, so it was uh, a pretty. That was the I believe the larger of the two games. Uh, though it was critically successful. Mm. Da- Daggerfall did. And people love Daggerfall. Uh, people also really enjoyed Arena. So Arena and Daggerfall were like the jam. And they found this audience of people who really loved vast open worlds with deep role-playing elements and being able to really they reward you for role-playing your character. Right. It gave you skill points based on what you were doing. Because like if you wore heavy armor or you hit things with your sword, you get better with swords versus getting better with axes kind of deal. 
and it made sense. And and that type of system they kept, and they still do with even their newest games. There were the two other games that they created post Daggerfall was a game called an Elder Scrolls Legend Battlespire and the Elder Scrolls Adventures Redguard. Uh, Battlespire, uh, you you have more familiarity since you own it. So I I do own Battlespire. I think I've played a little bit of it. It is um, originally was designed to be a um, expansion to Daggerfall, um, but they realized they wanted to kind of get to work on this new engine they were working on. Um, so they transitioned it to a standalone title. You play, if I remember correctly, it's not really open world. You're all, you're inside of something called the Battlespire, which is this like multi-floored tower and each floor has um, enemies that you have to fight and they get kind of progressively harder the game has you know the standard elder scrolls rpg elements but as they were trying some new stuff out with this new engine it also has a lot of bugs for example um you can shoot your arrows while you're still in the pause menu uh you can also You'll also notice that the spell casting hand is the same hand as the hand that's holding your sword. And by that, I mean your character will have a sword equipped and you will see the sword. And then if you cast a spell, the sword will stay static on screen and a hand will just come into the screen and cast a spell while the sword is still there. So it has some very weird quirks that they did not patch out because of that it is often regarded as one of the worst elder scrolls games of all time but wait there's more <laughs> yeah. there there is in fact a an even worse game that's right so battle spires did introduce something that no other uh, game beyond elder scrolls online did it did allow multiplayer gaming in an elder scrolls game with player versus player deathmatch and was the only one to do that yeah. until uh, 2014 when Elder Scrolls Online was released. Redguard was the was released in uh, 1998. And instead of being a role-playing game, which the people who have been buying the Elder Scrolls game enjoyed, yeah. it was just an action-adventure game akin to Tomb Raider or Prince of Persia or those type of uh, games where you play as a character like Laura Croft and you go through a story that is linear. That is what this game was. You played as a really interesting character named as Cyrus the Red Guard, who does not sound remotely exciting. <laughs> and you you would go through this advent action adventure game that was too actiony for adventure gamers to like and too adventury for action gamers to like right and did not like in role-playing there was no role-playing because you couldn't build your own character you couldn't build your own skills you right. just played this fire so the role players didn't like it so nobody liked it and both both uh, battle spires and uh red guard performed very poorly and were the uh, probably the worst performing games that Bethesda has ever released, at um, least by at then. <laughs> correct. So, but while they were working on Daggerfall, they were thinking about making Morrowind. Yes. So, because they were thinking about Morrowind while they were making Daggerfall, they thought Morrowind was going to be a much grander project. So they didn't rush it out immediately after Daggerfall because it was uh, six years before Morrowind came out. Right. Where 
Battlespire and Redguard came year after year. So they they could develop a game in a year. They just they felt Morrowind was going to be the next big thing, and uh, and it was. They in in fact tripled their staff mm. uh, when they were developing Morrowind. And during that phase, they actually created what's known as the Elder Scrolls construction set, which essentially is the precursor to the creation kit that they have today and is the is the software that they use in order to make their games. Mm -hmm. So the games prior to Morrowind were not done in uh, the creation set that they they usually do now, including all of their newest games like Fallout 4 and uh, even Fallout 76 was created in this construction kit. Not the original, not the more right, constru- right, right, yeah. construction set, but the they have an updated one. They eventually uh, pushed out a couple of expansions for Morrowind. Uh, they released Tribunal, and then they released Blood Moon. They actually just kind of let them out. They they didn't really like hype them up. They just released them. Eventually, they released the Morrowind as a uh, as a like a whole package. You can get yeah. uh, it was like a like a box set. You can get Morrowind Tribunal and Blood Moon together. Mm-hmm. And Tribunal was cool. It added vampires and and the ability to become a vampire, which, which is, is very a, cool, and a theme that they revisit time and time again oh yes um so they revisit that in skyrim and i also believe they do revisit that in oblivion Mm. and then they also blood moon was werewolves so you could become a werewolf and it added new factions the one thing that i thought was interesting was with morrowind was the competing some so to step back a little bit in oblivion and in skyrim you can do multiple there's different guilds that you can join you can join the warriors guild you can go join the mages guild you can join the thieves guild you can join the the assassins guild you can join all these guilds with any character and work your way up through the quest chain and become the leader of the warriors guild and the grand mage at the same time doesn't they don't conflict and the same with uh, Skyrim, same with uh, Oblivion. Skyrim has some stuff where there's like the Nords versus the Imperials where you have to make a decision. I don't think you can go up both of those trees at the same right, time because yeah. that's the main story. Morrowind had like different houses and guilds that conflict each other out. So you couldn't progress in – it would it would actually – you wouldn't be able to progress further in the house's quest line because the other house – you progress too far mm. in the other house's guild, in the oh, cool. other house's quest line. Yeah. So it made it for such a vast game. So that that could kind of put people off because now you're like, I got to replay this to this 60, 70 hour game just to see what a, is that other quest is. All right. Where, but also it, it makes more, I feel like it adds more like trueness to the world. Mm. Uh, it, it makes the world feel more alive if you can't be. You know, every you can't be the leader of every guild, right? Makes sense, right? There's competing guilds, which um, in Oblivion and Skyrim you can be, which is it's fine. And I think that it it just was an interesting take that Morrowind had uh, that was not reflective in later series that they departed from. Morrowind was also uh, I remember getting my copy of Morrowind, and I remember getting the map and. (laughs) 
that game, as Zachary alluded to, the fast travel, you had to go to a Silt Strider, which was a large bug-like creature, to go and fast travel. You could not fast travel without going to that Silt Strider. So you, like in Oblivion and Skyrim, you could just fast travel anywhere. You could just stand and you just click on your map. As long as there's no enemies around, you can just fast travel. Morrowind, you could go to your map, but you needed to go to a Silt Strider to take a, it was essentially a taxi. Or else you're walking. I remember having the actual map and being able to like use that physical map as reference. Mm -hmm. And the game was complicated enough. We've talked about this before, bringing into like physical mediums and stuff like that. And Zach mentioned before about uh, one of his friends who had a a journal that was done up for Skyrim. Right, yeah. I feel like you needed a journal for Morrowind. You may not have (laughs) necessarily... Like having a journal for Skyrim is fine and dandy. But Skyrim gives you enough uh tracking and stuff like that that yeah 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 you can manage playing the game without going into any physical medium morwind doesn't do that like <laughs> morwind <laughs> keeping the quest straight is hard enough and you you get a you get a, a lot of heavy dialogue mm. and there's a lot of things that they just throw at you there's very little hand holding in morwind you start off, you design your character, and you just start off, you're in a boat, and you get off a boat. And that's where the game starts. Like, that's right off the bat. You you are in this town, on this uh, off this boat, and you go and you start talking to people, and you don't really have this memory, and you're just trying to keep, keep, up, keep up. I think you... I don't... You're not a prisoner, but... I think... I thought it uh, was a prison boat. You might be a prison. You might have been... Might it's have been Elder released Scrolls. from prison. It's Elder yeah. Scrolls. They're always a prisoner. <laughs> You're always a prisoner. But so you and you uh, end up making your way through the world. I remember playing through the game, and then I remember going back and being like, I think I missed something, and I missed the entire main storyline. I missed joining the Blades <laughs> and stuff like that. Like I just missed the game, yeah. and and but I still had fun playing Morrowind and. It's it's a game that I'd I'd like to revisit. I'd I'd love if they'd remaster it. I think it would oh, be yeah, a, yeah. a great remaster. I think Oblivion's also a really great game. Um, but I I think overall though, I think Morrowind's got a uh it's a, it's just a, a solid it's a solid role playing game. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So I think I think that about wraps it up on Morrowind. I don't really have much else to say about it. I don't know if uh Seth wants to add on anything, but um, I think the the Morrowind is is cool in the sense that it definitely I think established what we came to know as what is the uh, kind of formula of of the of the Bethesda style of RPG games. I mean, a lot of the stuff that they introduced into Morrowind, which obviously they took cues from Daggerfall and Arena, but um, when it came to Oblivion and Skyrim, they took cues from Morrowind. Um, right. When it came to Fallout Three, it took cues from Morrowind. You know, um, kind of became the the trendsetter for the uh, the open world RPG that Bethesda had developed. And and I would even say like games like The Witcher and yeah yeah one hundred percent large open open scale role playing games like that um took their at least inspiration from Morrowind because Bethesda did it f- first. Right, yeah. Like Bethesda was there, they did um obviously Arena and Daggerfall and but specific I feel like specifically Morrowind led the made got that love around it where people are like wow this is something and and drew not only people who enjoyed video games but also tabletop gamers i think oh yeah yeah were really inspired to play uh games like morrowind because of how in-depth it was and was the i think first person 3d was something 
revolutionary for the time. I think that about wraps it up for Morrowind. Um, we are definitely going to revisit the Elder Scrolls series. Maybe we'll do uh, an episode or, or uh, a stream on some of the older ones. Um, I have a copy of Battlespire. Maybe I'll pull that out for a stream sometime. But uh, I think that'll about wrap it up for, for our Morrowind episode. Uh, Seth, we're going to go into our byway pass now. What game out there do you want to buy, wait, or pass on? While I was uh, cruising the old Steam shop, as it were, I came across a game that I I was intrigued by. So there are there are games that generally intrigue me, where I I'm I either have pre like I already know about them, or they're in a genre that I like, and there's something that I'm already like interested in. So I'm like, ah. Oh, there's a, it's a game that's like a uh, it's got murder noir cyberpunk you know something like that usually draws my attention because uh, mm-hmm. it's the type of like genres that sit with me yeah then there's other games that I I just get drawn in because of of what they are and that's this game is one of those latter and that is lumberjacks dynasty where <sighs> it's a life simulation where you are a lumberjack. And you're building up a business and founding a lasting des- des- uh, dynasty. Destiny. I guess you also you're finding you're founding you have your a lasting yeah. destiny of being a lumberjack, but you're doing a founding dynasty for generations to come. And it's a game where you play as a lumberjack, and you have to chop things down with your chainsaws, and you build up your lumberjack empire. And there, while I was looking at this game and looking at that there were other games. There is also a game called Lumberjack Simulator, which looks like it's done by the same people who do like Farming Simulator. Right, yeah. That's like running like a Lumberjack like farm with like heavy, heavy equipment. Okay. Lumberjack D- D- Dynasty is like you wear flannel and have a chainsaw. <laughs> so one is like Lumberjacks as a profession and the other is like Lumberjacks as a lifestyle exactly exactly and and dynasty is that of the lifestyle uh so it is an early access game and uh, went into early access on april 30th and it's it's definitely a game that i'm going to wait on part of the issue is that it is a single player game and i feel like simulation games like these are fun for a little while but Mm -hmm. are definitely i think more enjoyable when you can play them as multiplayer yeah uh, maybe if I buy it, I'd stream it and maybe have you watch or you could yeah. play and I could watch. That could be fun because I think this I feel like this game could be hilarious if there's multiple people watching and enjoying it at once. Me playing this game by myself with nobody watching. I don't know if that's 100 percent me. So I'll put it on a wait yeah. and uh, we'll see. Maybe you'll see some Lumberjack Dynasty in your future. If not there, if you ever had the desire to be a Lumberjack. There is a game, there's a few games that you could buy. Uh, Lumberjack Simulator is mixed reviews, so <laughs> be forewarned. But <laughs> mixed reviews doesn't mean it's a bad game. That's right. I mean, just I, means... I, I enjoy plenty of games that have mixed reviews. Yeah, but you're also a sadist. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> or a masochist. <laughs> Why? So what are you uh, interested in buying, waiting, or passing on? So the game that I am talking about today for my buy, wait, pass is a game called Spy Party. Yes. Spy Party is an espionage game. Um, it's about subtle human behavior. Um, a spy hides in plain sight at a fancy cocktail party, and you're trying to accomplish missions while blending in with other guests. Um, while a sniper with a single bullet 
looks inward, searching for the spy. So Spy Party currently is a, is a 1v1 game where you, one person plays as the spy, one person plays as the sniper, and the sniper's trying to find the spy, and the spy is trying to do spy things. I, I think it is a really cool idea for, uh, for a game. It kind of reminds me of, like, a murder mystery or The Ship, which is a game that Seth and I should play sometime. It's a, that's a fun game. It's a hilarious game. <laughs> it, it, so it seems like a really cool game. I like the idea of it, and I've seen some gameplay footage of it. However, I think I'm going to currently put it on a pass for the moment just by the price point and that's yeah it unfortunately i mean i understand uh, with uh you know with indie games you know it's, it's only a couple of guys i think working on this game the developer is a, is a dude and the publisher is a dude <laughs> it's like not a company's name um but it, you know currently it's about 25 dollars um i don't know if I can get $25 worth of game time out of it. I kind of want to get the game maybe when it's on sale and also maybe buy a couple of copies so I can give them out to people. Um, maybe buy like two or three copies, maybe give one to my brother, give one to a couple friends of fun. mine. So currently I'm going to put it on a pass. I will, I will, I did throw it on my wish list so that I can monitor it for any um, sales. And who knows if I end up buying it, I will probably let people know. So uh, there we go. That is our Morrowind episode. It's a f- fun fun episode there yeah Uh, i think so uh, there's a number of ways that you can support us listen to us or contact us tell me about those ways seth i want to know so you can support us by liking subscribing sharing uh telling three friends about our episode about our podcast if there's a friend that likes a particular game perhaps we've done a podcast on it already and you can direct them to that particular podcast we we do recommend picking a la carte kind of like what you want to listen to yeah um i mean you can always go chronologically uh though if you're referring this podcast to somebody we always recommend you know picking up maybe a later episode our our first couple of episodes we we do take a little while to get into our stride as it were yeah i think so and we're always trying to and i hope i can say that in 20 more episodes about our 20s episodes that's right that that the product is just hopefully getting better and if you wish to tell us how the product is getting better or what we could do to make it better you can always contact us and you can contact us at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com or you can go to our website which is also classicgamingbrothers.com and you go to the contact form with the contact page and go to the contact us form and you can fill that out it's like sending an email but in a website and you can also put in a fake email address as your email address in that form and then we'll think it is spam that's right but then we might delete it (laughs) we we might um but if you want you if you feel like you can't trust us with your email address you can always put in a fake email address and send us to our web uh, through our website you can also watch us if you so desire to see our faces of while we play video games you can watch us on twitch uh at classic gaming brothers doc or classic gaming brothers twitch.tv slash classic gaming brothers yeah or zachary's view at twitch.tv slash vs classic gaming brothers versus so that will be when we either go head to head or when we play cooperative games zachary will usually throw up his side yep and you can also go to our YouTube at Classic Gaming Brothers and watch our YouTube videos, which are usually our Twitch streams and our podcast episodes. Yeah. Perhaps in the future we'll have some more uh, YouTube content, yeah, like a little more productionalized stuff. I mean, I was thinking uh, of doing an unboxing of the Chex Quest the Ooh, game thing yeah. when I get it. 
um which is that could be fun gonna be a few weeks down the line but so yeah keep an eye out for for tons of new content that we're, we're hoping to do yeah we're always looking to for ideas if there's something that you want us to see perhaps a walkthrough or a long playthrough of a more serious nature uh let us know well maybe we can put something together finally we have a facebook we have an instagram we have a twitter our facebook and our instagram are at classic gaming brothers and our twitter is cg brothers pod and we will uh, announce when we release our episodes in those groups so you can feel free to like and subscribe and share from there that is that's it that's this episode yeah that's That's, all she wrote that's all she wrote so zach is there anything else don't play games like my brother and don't play games like my brother i've been zach and i've been seth and we've been the classic gaming brothers that's right we have so enjoy your day stay safe and and keep i don't keep fraud i don't know is there anything that we should say after that no just roll music (laughs) 